Hello Elam, I hope you are doing well. It is wonderful to connect with you again, if not in person, then at least via video. I hope that you're being encouraged during these challenging COVID times. It looks like there are some positive things that are happening in our province. Looks like the province will be opening up a little bit again, so there's things to be thankful for. But uh, notwithstanding all of that, it's been a very, very challenging time. And I hope that you're staying encouraged in the Word and staying encouraged in Jesus. And uh, today I want to share with you one of uh, my favorite passages in the Bible. It's a little-known section out of the end of the book of Luke. It's called On the Road to Emmaus. And it's a great reminder to us about the importance of staying in the Word of God, about staying close to Jesus, and how the Word of God impacts our faith in God, which impacts our desire and love for sharing Jesus with other people. You know, our, our greatest goal in life is to glorify God. And the way in which we do that is to love Him and to sacrifice ourselves in any area that we can so that Christ can work in us and work through us. And we're supposed to then share the gospel with other people. You think, well, you know, how do I do that? How do I have the compassion and love to share Jesus with others? And that's very, very simple. The more of Jesus you have in you is the more of Jesus that will come out of you. And so, yes, we're filled with the Spirit because of Christ, yet the more time we spend in the Word of God, the more time we spend obeying God, the more passionate we'll be about Jesus and the more willingness we will have to share Jesus with people around us. It's like in a hot summer day when it's filled with water, a certain cup, uh, you can't carry it very far without it spilling out. And that's what we want in our lives. So this is uh, Luke chapter 24, if you have your Bibles with you, Luke 24 verses 13 to the end of that section, uh, verse 34, 35. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, 
and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did our hearts not burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your compassion for us. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for faith. We pray, God, that you would open up our hearts and our minds so we'd be able to recognize you and hear what it is that you want us to learn from you. In the name of Jesus, amen. It's uh, such a curious and interesting and, uh, and different passage. You know, no two passages in the Bible are the same. There's something unique in every single passage. And so when we look at this particular passage, uh, verse 16 has a very interesting verse. It says, but their eyes were kept from recognizing. Now that's kind of a strange thing. Why, why would Jesus prevent somebody from recognizing him? And so there's a couple of ways that we can look at this passage. One is to say, well, it was Jesus who prevented them from seeing him. That's the first way. The second way is that their own lack of faith prevented themselves from being able to see Jesus. So we see later on in verse 25 where it says, O slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So their own faith, their own lack of faith in the Bible prevented them from seeing Jesus. That's one way to look at this passage. And it's important for us to ask ourselves the question, is our lack of faith, our, our lack of willingness to spend time reading the Word of God, is that impacting the way in which we see how Jesus wants us to live in the world? Does it impact us in the way in which we can see Jesus around us and how He wants to reveal Himself to us? In Matthew 13, verse 58, there's a similar passage where it says, and he did not do many great works there because of their unbelief. Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Brothers and sisters, are we people that love the word of God? Do we love to be in the word? Do we love to read the Bible, to spend time with Jesus and to allow him to transform us? We'll talk about that more in a bit. Uh, verse 18, this, this is classic. If you're at all in the literature, this is irony at its highest level. You know, whether you're into movies or books or scripts or anything, the Bible is the number one literature book on the planet. And so if you're interested in literature, it's just a phenomenal book, the best in the whole world for obvious reasons. But verse 18 says something really interesting. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? <laughs> You know, it's funny, right? Because ironically, Jesus is the only guy who does understand absolutely everything perfectly as to what happened. And so it's cool to see how he's patient with them, how he loves them, how in spite of their lack of understanding as to what went on, that he's patient with them. And I'm grateful that God is patient uh, with me. He's patient with me in the things that I'm slow to understand. And he loves to walk alongside of me. He loves to walk alongside of all of us. He loves to walk alongside you in the things in which, you know, you may or may not understand and may sometimes really think that, that God doesn't know what's happening. You may think that somehow uh, you're being pulled out of, of God's plan. It seems like it's gone too far the other way and there's no chance to go back. 
but God's plan is always there. He loves you, he's walking with you, and he's willing to encourage you. But you know what, some, some challenging verses, some, some sad verses in this, this uh, particular passage before it gets, gets hopeful again. In verse 21 it says, but we had hope that he was the one to redeem Israel. Notice the tense. The tense is very, very important here. They're not talking present tense. They're saying, but we had hoped. Now that's the sad part because that means that at some point they did have hope. At one point they, they really did have hope and believed that Jesus was going to be the one who was going to usher in a new kingdom, that it was all going to go very, very great for them. But it didn't work out and they're sad. And so now they've kind of thrown up their hands in a sense. Uh, all movies have what's called an all is lost moment. It usually happens about 75% of the way through a movie, maybe a little later, maybe a little earlier, but about that. And that's where the main character has failed at their goal. And it's typically where they think there's no chance of anything working out for them again. But ironically, those parts in movies is where the main character learns the most. If you're a Star Wars fan and a New Hope, this is where Ben Kenobi dies. I mean, they've gone there in the hopes that Ben Kenobi is going to rescue them all. But uh, he dies. And so we think that that's the end of it for, for Luke. And all the movies that you watch, all the books that you read, most of them, uh, they will have an all is lost moment. And this is where they feel like this is the worst possible time for them. But ironically, the all is lost moment is also the time when the main character learns the most. They have, they've now come to the end of what they were hoping for and they have a chance now to really come to know what Christ wants to do in their hearts and in their minds. He says to them a little bit later on, oh, oh foolish ones, right? That's, that's tough language. And you know, we can look back at them and say, you know, how could you possibly not have known that? How could you not have known that Jesus was going to die and that he was going to rise again from the dead? He explained that, the scriptures show that. But you know, it's important for us to remember that Cleopas and the other disciples, they loved Jesus too. They read their Bibles too. In fact, I think you can make a case that they probably read their Bibles maybe more than we did. But in spite of all of that, they didn't recognize it. And you know, we can have our own situations in life where all of a sudden something happens and it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out the way we hoped it would. It doesn't work out the way we thought it would work out. And so we can find a sense of despondency, a sense of, of disappointment. And, and one of the reasons why it appears that they did not recognize Jesus earlier on is that they already had a view of how Jesus should look. So when they got the view of the way Jesus did look, they didn't recognize him. He didn't, he didn't line up with the way they expected him to look. They had a view of a guy who was going to, you know, kick the Romans out, usher in the kingdom, and, you know, bring heaven on earth right here and right now. And if you see the verses and hear the verses in a certain context, you can see how they got to that. But they were wrong. And so they couldn't see Jesus because they had a view of the way Jesus was supposed to be. How is it in your life? How is it in my life? Do we have a particular image of how God is supposed to be? Do we have a uh, particular view of how Jesus is supposed to be or the way in which he should be acting in a particular situation? And when he does not act in that particular way that we're sure is the way that he should be doing it because we've, we've read our Bibles and we're, we're into it and we're, we're studying it, do we then become disappointed because Jesus doesn't line up with the vision and view that Jesus 
that we had, that we had built up. And so we don't want to lose sight of the fact that when we have difficult moments in life, they're, they're sad moments, but they're moments when Jesus is walking with us and there are moments for us to walk even closer with him because in his love and in his mercy, he's actually removing from us the false idea we have about him. Now, how does he do that? How do you come back from despondency? How do you come back from a, uh, a hope, a dream, a goal, a desire, which might have been really, really great and it didn't work out? How do you come back to deeper faith in Christ than what you had before the hope was lost? Well, of course, the answers that we have to all of our questions are found in the Word of God. And uh, the Bible says in, uh, in verse 27, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You know, this is the key to understanding anything about life, and that is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And how do you deepen that relationship? Many ways. But the key is absolute surrender and then to be a student and a lover of the Word of God. There are so many cultural forces that attack us. And it's interesting to think about, well, how do these cultural forces uh, impact us? Why is it that we can follow Jesus and still have these cultural forces impacting us? And more often than not, the reason that happens is because either intentionally or unintentionally, we allow them to enter in. So when we look at the amount of time that we spend uh, in our thought life and in our time and in our practicality of how much time we spend on television, YouTube, uh, Netflix, video games, internet, and so forth, or other things that are not directly contributing to our walk with Christ. That's a very subtle shift, but it's very important if they're not directly contributing to our walk with Christ. They can usher in their own kingdom, right? My kingdom is not of this world. That's why Jesus said that, because there's another kingdom that is of this world that's trying to impact us. And brothers and sisters, we, we gotta remember that and recognize we're under attack. Nice, nice day today, but we're spiritually under attack. So how do we prevent that from happening? We have to recognize that. And what is the number one attack that's happening against us. Every, every decade has its own specific, um, shall we call it a, uh, a message that comes at it. Every decade, every generation, and certainly the one right now is, I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be happy no matter what. I want to be happy. Watch television, watch internet, watch TV series, watch whatever you want. That message is in there all over the place. So brothers and sisters, we need to come back to the Word of God. We need to have that as our true passion. And we're going to see how Jesus has encouraged his disciples as they're walking to Emmaus. We'll see the, the journey they are on from when they left Jerusalem to when they go to Emmaus. An amazing, amazing transformation that takes place. If you need encouragement, you've come to the right place today. Verse 29 is a classic one. So Jesus has been talking to them for probably a couple hours now, it seems like. And so they drew near the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it's toward evening. Brothers and sisters, how much of Jesus do you want? How much of Jesus do you want? You know, in this particular passage, Jesus is moving on. 
And I think it's symbolic. I think it's symbolic. It's spiritually symbolic because he's testing them to see how much of me do you want? He could have just let them go and say, you know what, go ahead. They would have had their version of whatever it was at their time to, you know, whatever, spend the evening doing whatever it was they wanted to do. But they didn't. And they kept Jesus close to them. He, they, they urged them. The Bible says they urged him strongly, saying. So, brothers and sisters, is the heart, cry of our hearts, to love Jesus, to want to spend time with him. As the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you. Is that something that would describe the Western world church? Does it describe your own personal heart? Because it's that desire. We're going to see in a moment why that's so terribly, terribly important. Oh, here's a classic verse for you. Boy, this is a good one. Verse 32. This is great stuff. They said to each other. Now, this is after Jesus opened their eyes and he vanished from them. They said to them, to themselves, Did our hearts not burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? You know, it's an important question for us to ask ourselves. Can I challenge you this morning? What's, what's devotional life like for you? I know, I know, there's always the challenge. We've got to read more Bible, got to pray more. I, I get that. But when you do read the Bible and you do spend time with Jesus, what is that like to you? Be very honest and compare that to everything else you do. Is it on a scale of 1 to 10? Is it like a 6 or a 5? I know it should be 10, but what is it? Because here, Jesus is speaking to the deepest part of people. And he wants to speak to the deepest part of you. The Bible says deep calls to deep. Nothing can touch you the way Jesus can touch you. So if your faith needs rejuvenating or encouragement, you know, let's, let's be encouraged to be in the Word of God. Jesus wants to spend time with you. But you know, he's willing to walk with us. But we need to spend time on our knees with the Word of God so that our hearts get rejuvenated and we can face whatever challenges come our way. Circumstances, you know, they can be high, they can be low, they can be great, they can be not so great. But the Word of God stands forever and it, it transforms us into the people that He wants us to be. So what's the point of all of this? What's, what's the very last part that they say here? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them at the breaking of the bread. Brothers and sisters, if you want to be encouraged to share the word of God, we need to have Christ impact us through the scriptures. And that's not going to happen, you know, sitting in front of all kinds of different things. The things that draw you closer to Christ, do more of those. The things that draw you further away from Christ, do less of those. A friend of mine said that one. That's a good saying. But remember that ask yourself if your heart is burning for passion with Jesus. That doesn't come by exterior circumstances. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice, the Apostle Paul says, from a prison. But we can be encouraged. We can have our hearts burning within us because the love that Jesus has for us and the passion that he has for us being in the Word, which allows him, the Holy Spirit, to work in us and to work through us. So I hope that you're encouraged, Elam. It's, uh, it's wonderful to connect with you again. I uh, hope to see you again in person sometime. I love you. 
Uh, the Lord loves you. Uh, be encouraged. Uh, this is a passage from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. And uh, this is the word of God preached to you for encouragement. God bless you. Amen.